Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. I wanted to share this interview with you um, with my good friend Erica Maple Satberry. I was fortunate enough to be asked by her to sit down and talk about myself, uh, why I am a DJ, uh, what got me interested, uh, and a couple of other art forms uh, I do as well. So um, I thought it might be something nice uh, for my listeners to hear, uh, in my own words, um, what I think about a few things, and also share with you uh, Erica's fantastic questions that she asked, really got me to uh, stop and think about, um, you know, some of the things that uh, I'm doing, and so I think everyone will enjoy this. At least I hope that they will. So sit back and enjoy. Cool. Okay, well then, if you could just say in, say your name to, to start and the date. Uh, so my name is Chris Offit. I Today's date is the 16th of February, 2019. Great. <laughs> You're so... just checking for Mentis Compass there. Yeah, and just, you know, I guess they say to do that to make sure that you don't mispronounce the person's name or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so what art forms do you practice? Currently, um, I work with music and I do a little writing. So I've actually started a little um, online blog and I do um, I do podcasts too. So oh yeah. So what's the blog about? Um, so I started this a I was looking back I'd say probably a year that I started just kind of doing some posts on Facebook, um, just about positive messages because I felt like um, everything after the last election of 2016 was really. Um, negative as a result of who's in the office, yeah. who's holding the current occupant of the presidents. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I wanted to do something on a positive note. Oh. So I started doing these uh, little posts and I decided that what I wanted to do this year was actually start a blog and then perhaps do a book based on the posts um, for the, for the, for the year. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And then Lex and I do a podcast. We tried it. It was supposed to be every week, but it just not as, as happened. So sometimes it's monthly. Sometimes we skip a couple months. So, um, <laughs> we, we have that going and that's just kind of, um, thoughts about society, culture and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's your podcast and your blog called? Um, so we call this podcast as we fall as we fall asleep. So the idea was that we were going to have these little threads of ideas as we fall asleep, you know, in bed. Yeah. Um, it's kind of evolved from that. Um, so the last two podcasts, we actually had one of our friends uh, in uh, on the podcast and just talking about one of the concepts that uh, that we had talked about so that was a like a two-parter and they're about 
maybe 10 or 15 minutes, you know, so not too long where people, you know, will lose, you know, focus or attention to it. So it's just kind of something like that to get people to think about a particular topic and how it affects them in their life. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and what's the blog called? Uh, so I have two. Um, the first, well, I have two ideas in the blog. The first is daily intention. And so each day there are about three to four intentions that um, I start off my day with. Um, and then the uh, other the other title is called Thought for the Day. Um, so the daily intention, I don't really post every day because I give myself the weekends off. <laughs> and then the thought for the day is every day. So that's five days a week. And I do post Whoa. that on Facebook so people can click on that Facebook link and then follow it to WordPress. Oh, okay. So do you use Facebook for a lot of your like outreach and kind of like to reach your fans? So with, so I do have a DJ page and that's primarily where I do that, that kind of thing. Um, I've actually considered over like the last couple of months of just completely moving from Facebook um, and then going on to a, a different platform, but I don't know what that would be right now. Yeah. Um, so the idea with the blogs were just to kind of build up a little bit of an audience and then just stri strictly be on that particular one um, platform or maybe go on to a couple of other ones. But yeah, for my DJ page, um, that's where I post, you know, my music, um, where, where I'm going to be next, any events that I might have. Um, I've actually started posting some of my blog material there. Um, just cause I do think that an artist is multifaceted, um, and it should just, it, it has to be more than just what you're producing as a, as a musician. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it helps people understand your art when they understand like you and what you think about. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I started, um, I don't do all of them, just some of them that I think, okay, hey, this sounds like a, this sounds like something that might resonate with um, people who are following me. So I've even put some of our uh, podcasts up on there too. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Let people get to know you a little. Yeah. So I feel like you've described a little bit of your writing and your podcast, but how would you describe your music? Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a really broad question. You can I mean, say, I, go, I don't want to answer to any question. <laughs> I could go on and on and on. So I guess I would have to start with saying, I guess I could start from the beginning, uh, you know, how it all started. And, and for me, I was a very young child and grew up in a house uh, with two parents that loved music um, mm -hmm. and played music all the time and mm -hmm. had a very eclectic um, collection of music. So from classical to R&B to Fleetwood Mac to, you know, everything. Um, and so 
it was very exciting for me when we got, you know, new music equipment. Um, I remember the first time I got my own music equipment. And I remember thinking to myself, um, I want to have a radio show one day when I grow up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I actually pretended that I had a radio show with commercials and everything. So I, I recorded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, now you get older, you're kind of like, nobody wants to hear the commercials, right? But I made up my own commercials. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I had the music. I would break in with the voiceover. Um <laughs> You know, talking over the music. Yeah. Again, now understanding that nobody wants to hear that. But um, <laughs> so I think that's always been, it's always been a part of me from a, a very early age. And yeah. the uh, range of material has always appealed to me um, in terms of being able to pull from different genres of music. And I think there's, a lot of um, a lot of debate on what a genre is these days. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that call certain music tech music, and I don't know that I would consider it, you know, techno music or however you want to go with it. But yeah, at any rate, I I think growing up with that kind of diversity uh, and and having an ear for that really kind of shapes what I want the musical or auditory journey I want to take my listeners on when I create my radio show that's um, on monthly now. So for me, it is exposing the audience to, to things um, that they have never heard before. And um, really maybe taking a second look and saying, Oh, what's that? You know, I don't know who, who is that artist? Um, really getting them, uh, really taking people on a journey. Uh, so I, I guess that's how I would sum it up. Oh, I love Does that. Does that answer that question? <laughs> Hopefully Yeah, so. I mean, I think that's really, that's great. Like, it sounds like you're really trying to communicate through your art. And I, like, me too. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so this is... A little bit of uh, some questions about kind of how you motivate. How do you, how do you like um, keep yourself healthy, and how do you set yourself up to produce uh, your music? So, uh, when are you healthy? When? Um, well, I like to think I'm always healthy. Um, I make a real effort. I mean. I, it's kind of a, a joke at work, but everybody this year was like sick, <laughs> like, well, yeah. last year and yeah. it's going into this year. Yeah. Um, and, um, it didn't really get me. I, I, I you know, I, I do practice a healthy diet. Um, I take my vitamins every day. Um, if I feel like something's coming on, I take a ton of vitamin C and that pretty much knocks out anything. Uh, for the most part, I eat healthy um, and not a whole lot of meat. Um, so I, I try to put myself into a, a space where I'm going to feel good when I'm creating. Yeah. Because when you don't feel good, you don't feel like doing anything, right? I mean, right. it's just kind of like, it, and it feels like it's a chore. So, you know, one promise that I always made to myself, even even with 
day-to-day uh, -day work is that I wouldn't do anything um, that I didn't really love to do, that I really have a passion for. So, um, you know, I have to have a passion for, for the music. I have to have a per passion for what I'm doing at work um, and all of that. And so that's kind of how I've designed my experience. Yeah. So those things kind of feed each other, it sounds like, for you. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so when you're healthy, which it sounds like is all the time, <laughs> how do you feel in your body and in your mind? That's a, that's a... Never thought about it like that, but, you know, I think I feel like I can do anything. Um, I feel very creative. Um, I feel like um, everything is just sinking and everything's just right on, and it allows me to make connections very quickly, whether that be uh, in a set I'm trying to put together. Um, I don't have to really strain to find you know, 10 songs or 12 songs is very easy. It just, it comes and then I decide what order those are going to, oh. what order those are going to go in. Um, so it's a, a synchronicity, I guess. Um, and a flow, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to ask the next question, but I feel like you kind of got at it. So tell me if you just feel like you already answered this, but okay. what is your ritual that sets you up for a successful creative habit? Um, for me, I think, you know, in addition to the other things that I said, mm -hmm. I think you have to have the time and the space to be able to create the art. Yeah. Um, so for me, I am lucky in a way that I do get these Saturdays um, in the morning where I do have some time to do that. Um, you know, Lex is at work, so um, the only real chore that I have to do is take walk the dog, right? And then I get that out of the way, and then I start doing hunting through music and and seeing about you know what I want to do for the next uh, show um, or whatever project I've been asked to do. So. Um, that's kind of my ritual. And then usually on Sundays, um, I will do some kind of recording and half of the time is, <laughs> I don't even know what it's for until I actually listen to it. And then I decide, okay, this is going to be for this show or this is going to be for, um, some other project um, that I'm working on. Okay. So it sounds like you kind of like to have the space to yourself so when Lex is gone you can focus a little better and like walk your dog as kind of a little bit of a mind clearing and task clearing and then you can... I think it's difficult when she's here because we don't really have that much time together so we wind up talking so yeah <laughs> like I like and she wants to hear the set too so I'm like okay well if we keep talking I'm not gonna really get anywhere but it's it's bad because right now we really only have uh, one day off together, which is Sunday. So that's in a way why I try to do everything on Saturday. Yeah. So then I can just create the set and then we can spend the, the day together. Yeah. And that's important. It sounds like having good time with her 
is part of what sets you up to be healthy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so how do you think of success in your creativity? Success for me um, means that something that I've produced has reached someone and touched them in some way. Um, it doesn't have to be like, um, like big fame or notoriety. It, that doesn't, that's not really my gig, but it's more of, I've been able to, um, affect somebody in a, in that kind of way. Like I, I got a, one of my friends that I knew in Seattle, I left me a note on SoundCloud and said, that she had been using one of my mixes in her, cause she teaches um, a dance class. And so she's, nice. she said, oh wow, you know, I've been using this um, mix. And, and so I love the fact that something that I've been able to produce, somebody else has been able to use in another way. Um, and, is, and it has inspired that expression. So, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like, okay. And, and from that person to another person to another person. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that feels really good. Yeah. Um, so what nourishes or inspires you? When I'm listening to, I mean, first of all, I'd have to say that I definitely have been inspired by DJs that I've listened to, um, through this journey. Um, I never really thought that I would be doing what I'm doing right now, yeah. like for real, you know, <laughs> so it's kind of oh. like, it's kind of cool. Um, and I'll never forget. So one DJ that I really love and he's still around, his name is uh, Chris Fortier, really good, really good DJ, really eclectic. Um, and I reached out to him and I, you know, I was like, Hey, you're awesome. You're great. And he emailed me back. He sent me all these promo CDs what? and, you know, we have gone back and forth. Like I've asked him for track IDs on some of his mixes because they've, I really love them and he's been, a, he will, he will get back to me. And so wow. having that from somebody that's, you know, pretty famous and, you know, really good at his craft. Um, that's certainly inspirational. And, um, he's one of these guys that really takes you on a journey. If you listen to his, if you listen to his mixes, so who inspired me are, are DJs that do things not like a, a standard DJ, you know, not like, okay, here's your, here's the big buildup and then here's the drop and then everybody jumps up with their hands in the air. It's more of if that, that person really gets you um, thinking about you're really immersed in the, in the music, in the experience. Um, I hope that that answered your question. I, yeah, I, yeah, that's, so that's, I think you said what inspires me. Yeah. What nourishes yeah. or inspires you? Yeah. And so that seeing that creativity for sure, because I, you know, I think it, it is that old thing of if you see somebody doing something, I think 
then you think you can do it, right? You're kind of like, well, and, and not in a way of, I want to be just like that person, but you see that creativity and then that gets your imagination going and you say, okay, this is, you know, anything's possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. So what, um, what motivational tools do you use to maintain your productivity? Like, I think my, I challenge myself for each show that I do on, um, on Proton to continue to, to be different, continue to put out um, content that is thought-provoking, um, continue to promote artists that might not be so well heard of, but um, in the context of the mix that I'm producing, they they'll get some sort of, um, nod. Um, I think motivationally for me, it's definitely about the, the fan base that I've cultivated and, and they kind of are looking for the next mix. They're kind of like, okay, you know, it's, um, it's kind of fun, you know? And, uh, then from that you get, referrals from other people um to do things so um that's that's nice to be asked to to do those things as a result of um what's being produced and you're not being and i'm not being asked to do things differently so it's not like a okay do this commercial mix or you know whatever it's like yeah we like what you put out uh so motivationally for me i think it's definitely about the listeners that i have and for me personally to continue to challenge myself to put out um, things that are worth listening to. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you learned a lot of different skills with your art forms because, you know, from writing to recording a podcast to creating a music it's like just there's so much you've had to learn there between software but also like aesthetics so I'm curious about like how that evolved for you what like major opportunities to learn really helped you and yeah so <laughs> that's interesting because <laughs> the whole thing with the, um, with the podcast. So as I got my, my radio shows, I have been with a few different stations and always the thing is how many listeners are you going to be able to get who, you know, and how, how many different platforms can you be on? So for me, I had to figure out how to get a podcast that I didn't have to pay for because I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so I'm like thinking, so I'm looking out there, I'm getting on the internet and I found, um, a site that would host my music for free. Okay. Um, and then I would use a, a platform WordPress and then I would use another platform to distribute it. 
Um, and then it's all free. So really, you know, I was like, okay, that's good. Yeah. And then it's good. And so then I decided, and so that learning curve was a little bit of like starting and stopping because, you know, I don't really take, um, <laughs> you know, web design or anything like that. So I'm sure my site could be uh, zhuzhed up a little bit, but, you know, I, I think it gets the job done. I, I can see that people are going there and downloading. And then I do have, um, a, I do have something on SoundCloud and then I have another site that's more of a overseas site to appeal to that audience too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But so it, so just kind of figuring out also that you have to be on multiple, you have to be on multiple platforms. You can't just, you know, be on one thing and expect, um, that you're going to get whatever you're trying to say out. Wow. So you kind of tap into totally different audiences and hope that they'll start cross-pollinating, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I really, like, when I started my first radio show on FNOOB, that was a London-based internet show. So I had a whole audience of people from London. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how did you learn the DJing skill? Like what, what yeah. introduced you to that? <laughs> yeah. How did I get it better from my, um, <laughs> from taping? Well, yeah, I mean, so yeah, it sounds like you had this childhood passion, yeah. but at some point you really like turned that into a craft. Yeah. So funny enough, uh, when we moved here to San Francisco, uh, God, it, geez, it was a long time ago. Um, I went, I'm, so I'm in the hotel business. And so with that, you, you move from like one hotel to another, you know, and you move all over the country. So, um, we moved to San Francisco in 2010, San Bruno actually. And, um, I was here for like three months by myself because Lex was still in Sacramento because I left my job in uh, Sacramento. I actually got transferred down here. And so I had nothing to do. I was like staying in the hotel. And um, one of my friends uh, who was the director of housekeeping there, his name is Robert, he, w he was a DJ. And so we started talking and um, he's like, well, yeah, you should just come over to my house and I can you know, show you how to do this, you know, um, so I learned on vinyl oh, and, wow. you know, I had a lot of time to figure out how to, how to do it. So that's how it started. And then funny enough, um, maybe a year that following year, sometime in the spring, then I was asked to do the radio show. So, <laughs> so it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And so it's really kind of progressed from, from that to using different types of DJ equipment to figure out, you know, what I really like, um, in terms of, of mixing, uh, vinyl is nice, but it's very heavy and, <laughs> and not a lot of clubs have a setup for vinyl. So I don't really, 
I don't really play, I don't really spin on that so much. Um, I like the CDJs. Um, those are pretty much the universal things. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'd like to know, it's something you've referred to a couple of relationships that you have that kind of were influential in key moments. Um, and I'm curious what, uh, relationships have you developed that have been like helpful, whether you're being mentored or mentoring or partnering? Yeah. So I'd have to say, um, again, when I got the, when I got transferred out here at some point, then I, I became the general manager of the Aloft, uh, which is very uh, music centric. <laughs> so I had the ability there to, really develop a pretty robust uh, music program. Uh, and so we did live music four days a week. Uh, three of those days was live acoustic music. So I was really able to develop some great relationships with artists, local artists and uh, national artists, like pretty, like uh, we had Vicky Martinez at the Aloft. Um, perform. Uh, we've had a ton of other people uh, there too uh, in connection with the Aloft brand. And then on Fridays, I really um, curated that night with the DJs that I knew in San Francisco. Mm. Um, and we had a great time. So we had music from six to midnight every Friday night. Um, and I would do my little opening act and then I would bring in, you know, uh, people that I knew, um, to help create that Friday night experience at the hotel. We, they would just be in the lobby. So it, that kind of grew because, um, it started with me bringing my gear and then I was like, forget this, the hotel could buy this. So I hooked them up with CDJs, like top of the line stuff. Wow. We built our own DJ booth with the help of my engineering team. Um, <laughs> So it was, uh, that was a good time. You know, that was the, gee, I think that was like a four year. Yeah. I think that was like a, no, it was like a five year run when I got to the aloft. So, um, and I still have those relationships, you know, um, and there's a really good friend I have here in the Bay area and actually, so we started, um, that Friday night thing. And, and so now at the, waterfront we are do we do pool parties because we have a great pool so um i try to get other people to come come out and play but my team wanted me to play because they like the gimmick of the gm being the dj <laughs> so it's like i was like come on you nobody wants me to be playing out here right and so <laughs> like every month so <laughs> Now I'll get an opportunity to turn it over to um, one of my friends. I'm, I'll, I'm going to talk to him uh, this week, and and then he can help the the new GM that's going to take my place get the music program up and going there. Yeah. Well, they were lucky to have you. It sounds like you know they got <laughs> all this extra stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious how, as someone who attends Burning Man, who is 
and you you do DJ sometimes when you're there, and then also you have a DJ career the rest of the year. <laughs> um, I'm just curious about how that feels. How do, how do you balance these kind of <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how to ask it, I guess, but I find like with my art, I, like, I call myself maple sap. And then I realize like, well, maybe I want to stop having people at Burning Man call me maple sap because I want to be able to pursue this art. Like, how do you feel about those kind of two cultures and moving between them? And You know, it's interesting. And I think, you know, for me, I think it's a, it's a, you know, my, uh, the name of my radio show is called Integrated. And I chose that because I do think that that is where we need to go as a society. And thinking about what I do musically and then and what I do professionally, I've been able to integrate both of those things pretty seamlessly. And so, you know, with Burning Man, I guess it's all about just kind of setting setting goals in terms of like what I want to do. So for, for me to DJ, I'm not really interested in DJing every week. You know, I, I want to have a, I, I want people to have a fresh experience and not think, oh, here's Black Velveteen again. You know, we just saw her two weeks ago. I want it to be an anticipated performance. I want to um, develop and curate great tracks and a great music experience. And so for me, I limit my visibility that way. Um, for Burning Man, I am not interested in doing like 60 gigs. I select very select things like, so for last year, um, uh, with Air Pusher, I wanted to do that sunrise set, which turned out to be a really good thing. Um, really great things came from uh, doing that sunrise set. Great. You know, so um, I, I think I may have done two other things that whole week. And, and so you're not running from, you know, point A to point B, and then it doesn't seem like a chore. And then it really, then you're really excited about, um, the event when it gets there. And, you, and with, we all know how Burning Man is, right? So you plan to be there for something and then doesn't work out. We had almost had snafus that morning doing the sunrise set. <laughs> so you mentioned that like things came of that set. What, what came of it? So, I, I have no idea how this happened, but I was mentioned in the um, billboard as one of the top nine sets for Burning Man in 2018. Wow. Yeah, I, have, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't know who was there and who listened, but um, that was pretty remarkable. Um, because you know how many, <laughs> you know how many events are there. Yeah. So. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it was pretty, and I didn't even know. I had a friend just point it out to me, and it's like, oh, look at this. And so then I looked and found the article, and um, I've gotten several listens from just from that because it, it's listed in Billboard. So 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Guess I was in the right time, uh, right place at the right time. Yeah. Well, you said you choose specific sets and that seems to help. Yeah. You were refreshed and ready at the right time and planned. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. And I think too, you know, when I say the thing about integration, I, I do think it, it is important to, to be able to travel within within all of the the spaces and occupy them, um, but you do have to have I think some boundaries you know to it because <laughs> and just know yourself you know you just have to know okay look I, this is gonna run me ragged or I'm not gonna feel like I'm at my best and it's just not a good idea and I think intrinsically people know that. Um, and, and if you go against that, it's never good. Yeah. Well, it goes back to how you mentioned that you do take really good care of your health and that that helps with your art. And it sounds like even at Burning Man or events that are really uh, inclined to exhaust, that you <laughs> still take care of yourself. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, you know, when we go... Um, we decide, okay, are we going to, I think last year in specific, we decided we, we wanted to participate in the evening slash uh, morning things. So, so it's just like chill out during the day, um, relax, rest, you know, bike around, but you know, I wanted to take photos. We wanted to get pictures and it's a, a different landscape at those times. So, um, you, you know, if you kind of plan it like that, then it, it kind of, it works out. Yeah. So how did the name Black Velveteen evolve or like, how did that become your artist name? Uh, well, my wife tells me that she gave me the name. So I believe that. <laughs> okay. I honestly don't know. I think, I think it was that. And I think if I'm not mistaken, there's um, a basis for it from that Lenny Kravitz song. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so there's a whole video. You have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it just kind of, it's interesting because actually one of my friends who's an artist, he lives here. I've never met him. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Well, he's always threatened to come to one of my shows, but he's, he has not, I've never met him, but he's a really super, super, uh, nice guy. And he created, um, uh, I guess it's a, it's not, not a logo, but it's a, I don't, but it, it, it kind of represents me, but it's not, it's like a cartoon, but it's, it's a black velveteen rabbit. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome that your name has such like a visual thing that people can associate with it. I think, yeah. You know, for your yeah. brand, that helps a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So I think, I think Lux came up with it. I don't, you have to ask her what the inspiration was for that. Yeah. Um, maybe it's like smooth, I don't know, velveteen, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's got some cuddly reasons. 
I'm sure she does. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Um, so, but what about the name, I guess, do you like? Like, what makes you feel like that's me? That's, that's how I want to that, present That's me? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's sort of like, well, yeah, that kind of that kind of seems like that's me. You know, when you say that, it's like, okay, black velveteen. Yeah, that's that could be me. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would say, and I can't imagine. I I guess it would be that I can't imagine another stage name. Like that is how well I think it fits. Um, I couldn't imagine like. Who else would I be? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah I, can, yeah. I can understand that. And I mean, you've been Black Velveteen since I've known you. So I feel that way. But it's cool to hear that you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I think that I assume is that the Black and Black Velveteen is referring to your race. Do you feel like it's that that's the connotation? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I kind of um, would love to know how you feel like your identity has helped and hurt. Like, do you feel like overall it's not relevant because San Francisco is like its own, you know, culture? Do you feel like are you connecting with other, say, lesbians or black people or women because you have this shared experience? Or do you feel like the opposite where people are, reaching, you know, you know. It, it's interesting. I think um, in the artistic realm, it's really kind of a non-factor. I find that um, to be a luxury because in the real world, it's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like we're a bunch of artists that like to do what we like to do and, and nobody's really taking count of or taking score of, oh yeah, you happen to be this year. You know, it's all about the art and, and what you're contributing. I know that that sounds really um, cliche, but it's true. <laughs> I've never felt... Um, any particular like uh, way of being treated differently. I, I mean, maybe perhaps I think DJ, like female DJs aren't, there aren't a lot of them, or at least if they're, they are, that there are different opportunities for them. So I think that that might be, that might be something worth exploring. And I, I do think that, well, if you are good as a woman, that um, sometimes that might be a little surprising to <laughs> to um, our counterparts. Um, but it is respected, you know. I I I, I do feel that, but I, I think you there's definitely some proving that you have to do. Um, and I think if they just hear one set, then it's kind of like, okay, it's over if it's, if it's any good, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> but you know, there, there, there is, so there is that, I think if, if there's anything, does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, I really, I didn't know. I, there wasn't any one way I thought it was because um, my interactions with like the DJ world are very much through Air Pusher and I feel like you have an understanding of the broader like culture of how people are treating, yeah. treating each other and helping each other out or not helping each other out. I mean, I feel like I've seen with Air Pusher, it's kind of like everybody's just happy to have everybody DJ. Like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen that there's any like clicking, uh, but I also feel like it's a culture where people can talk about their challenges and their what they have in common really openly, and I really appreciate that. And so, I guess, um, yeah, I just figured you would have a better sense of like how much that reflects the the broader culture that you're experiencing as a DJ. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit different probably for me now um, because I've because I'm more established. Yeah. Um, it, you know, if I had to think back to earlier, but also earlier I wasn't, you know, I, I kind of, things kind of come to me. Or, I mean, I definitely say I put an intention out there. Um, but I think I have a, probably a unique experience in the fact that I'm not really chasing, um, events or, or things like that. Um, and then when I want something, I kind of put my intention out for that particular thing, but it's not frequently. So it's, um, I'm pretty selective about what I want to do. Cool. So, um, you're moving to, from the Bay area where, uh, it seems like you're really well established. You have an extensive network and a lot of opportunities and a lot of partnerships and collaborations that are really there and established. And, um, so you're moving to Portland and I'm just curious, what are you doing to prepare for this shift and how do you expect your like music, whether it's your relationships or just the creation, like how do you expect that to change? So, um, I think you said Portland, but I'm actually moving oh, to Seattle. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You would know. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to pass through, so I'll probably uh, say hello. To, we'll probably say hello to you if it's not snowing. Yes. Um, I, you know, I've we left a pretty good... Um, family not pretty good we left a very good family in seattle when we moved here and they're all still there um the only difference is that now i have a music component to add to it so i, I knew a fair amount of djs before i left and the difference was was i was dancing to their music so now it'll be that we're all dancing together and i probably will be djing um I was actually asked to do a show um, a few months ago in March, but I don't think that that one's going to go. But I've got a couple of pretty well-connected um, DJs that are anxious for me to get up there, and I think I'll be able to play when I want um, and at the right venues. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and, you know, I've also been able to ask 
and draw upon the connections that I have here because Seattle and San Francisco, you know, they're not that far away and there's a, it's a really good music community in, in Seattle as well. Um, probably it'll be interesting to see what it all is. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit different. Um, and I don't know how many venues they'll have, but I'm excited to see what that looks like. So in terms of prep, it's just really kind of just reaching out and letting people know that I'm going to be moving back and I am interested in doing something. I think I've already been recruited to do like a little get together when I, <laughs> when I get there yeah. and I've got a friend that has a recording studio. She wants me to go in and, and do some, do stuff. So I think I might be busy. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. It sounds like you, um, I mean, I know cause you're my friend that you're very personable, but it sounds like you just in general are really good at maintaining relationships and that you, um, you seem to like have a lot of connections and people that really respect you and like want to be around you and stuff. Do you feel like, um, that you do anything to actively manage your relationships and your contacts or is that kind of fluid for you? Um, I try to, here's, here's kind of the deal. I mean, I, I really am pretty intuitive these days. And so when I think about somebody, I'll reach out to them and say, I was thinking about you. Are you okay? I mean, I remember I did that like a couple years ago with a friend I hadn't talked to in forever. And she's like, Oh my God, this happened. This happened. How did you know? Cause well, I actually had a dream about yeah. her. And so I, I, and so that's really what I started doing a lot more of is like when I have those moments, just really just shooting up and it's so easy now, like on WhatsApp or you know, texting or anything and just saying, Hey, are you doing okay? And so I, I definitely do that. Um, and then we just try to have people come over and, and have fun at our house as much as we can. And so that kind of creates a, a camaraderie, I think, and a, a warmth. And I like to be around people. Um, it give, they give me energy, uh, and, um, inspiration and, um, it's, it's just, it's nice. So I, I guess that's really what it is for me at this point in my life. Um, before I think there were definitely, I would go out and I would be like, okay, definitely. I want to make sure I see this person every couple of weeks and, you know, things like that. But it's now it's, it's more, um, like I said, more intuitive and more, um, just natural, I think. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like there's any, um, any kind of persona that you like use for your DJ? I mean, I know like you go by Black Velveteen, but do you feel like you can kind of just be yourself or are there pieces of yourself that you accentuate or diminish to create a persona? I, you know, I think I feel free to maybe... Um, like who I am? No, I mean, I, I, I want to be approachable. I want to be, um, I want to have fun. You know, I don't want to have a facade of, of black velveteen cause it, that black velveteen is me. So, you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. But um, I think it does give me an opportunity to kind of play around with wardrobe a little bit, play around with a little leather. <laughs> so that's always fun um, to, to do stuff like that. Um, but I, I know that some of my most favorite DJs are ones that are approachable, that, that um, are friendly and um, that are really who they are in their real life, you know? Yeah. So you're making me really tempted to ask the the worst question. So who are you? <laughs> Don't you hate the that? <laughs> who am I right now? <laughs> you know, or just like what events have helped you to like understand this is who I am? Yeah, well, it's really been an evolution, I think. Um, and I think I am really understanding and being my authentic self more and more every day. Um, I think it's been quite a journey, you know, just to kind of understand um, things that feed me and things that don't and um, really going toward those things. And like I said before, um, really listening to my intuition um, Mm -hmm. and accepting that. I mean, I, I think that those things, it's like how many times you have to say, okay, I, I, I thought about this and then, then I didn't do it. Now look at what happened. Or, you know, look, I thought about this and then I did it and wow, this is awesome. So um, I think who I am now is as close to who I, who I am as, as Chris is black velveteen. Um, and I'm, I'm having a ball. I mean, it's, I don't feel like I need to be any person for anybody. You know, I just need to be who I am. Does that answer that question? Yeah, I think that's really <laughs> beautifully described. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you use a different platform for your international page. Um, how do you feel like things are different when you're trying to promote yourself internationally or why do you have separate pages for that? So, um, it's a, it's just a different website, but it still is a music distribution website. So I still have, it's a little bit more effort, but I just feel like it's a, it appeals to a broader base maybe or a different base. I mean, you know, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to continue that into the, into this year, or if I'm going to use something different. Um, I don't, I think I get about the same amount of feedback, but it's interesting. Like I just released my mix, my January mix and already I like have like a hundred downloads on it. And I think I released it like, two days ago. So, um, and so that site, I let people download the mix on, but on SoundCloud, I don't. So it's, so that kind of opens up a different audience. And so it's, it's interesting and I get good stats from this particular uh, site. So it'll tell me who is downloading it, um, where they're from, um, 
and and so on and so forth. So it's it's interesting, and that's also distributed through um, iTunes as well. So there's a benefit to it, I think. Yeah. So I'm pretty much wrapping up. 